Hi, friends. So today's guest is going to talk about her personal extraordinary story of struggling with an unexplainable and debilitating illness. But what I find most miraculous is that her biggest takeaway is gratitude. As most of you already know, I have recently written and produced a gratitude journal called Shift Your Focus. So this is not your normal average journal. It comes with a beautiful written component that talks about my personal journey towards gratitude, the science behind gratitude, and why it can be really powerful and impactful in your life. As you practice expressing gratitude, it becomes easier to see beauty everywhere. The journal offers you 180 spaces to record gratitude and personal wins, and it also offers a unique prompt for reflection. Some of those prompts are what pleasantly surprised you today, what seemingly usual thing are you most grateful for, what song are you most grateful for. So many great prompts, so many wonderful ways to surprisingly find beauty in your life. We also have fantastic words of wisdom. I'm a big quote fan. Most of you know that both from noted thinkers of the past and passionate entrepreneurs of today. And some of you may even be listening to this very episode. Those quotes will bolster your reflection as you move through the journal. So whether you record your appreciation daily, weekly, or simply when the mood strikes, this journal promises to expand and elevate your gratitude practice. And as a result, it will expand and elevate your personal and professional well-being. You can grab your copy of Gratitude Journal Shift Your Focus on my website, which is vickeryandco.com slash store, or you can get a copy on Amazon. So go out right now and grab your copy. And if you've listened to this and you're paying attention, I have a special surprise for you. If you pick up your copy via my website and use the code BRAVE, you are going to save $5 on your purchase. So vickeryandco.com slash store and use the code BRAVE, B-R-A-V-E, and you get $5 off the published price of the Gratitude Journal. Shift your focus. All right, here's the show. Empathy, kindness, and compassion. You are listening to The Brave Files, real stories from people living courageously. You can listen to the show anywhere you enjoy podcasts, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference, and we appreciate it. Now, here's your host, Heather Vickery. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Brave Files. This is Heather Vickery. Six years ago, today's guest, Diane Lang, got very sick. She couldn't swallow, eat. She couldn't even drink water. She's here today to share her journey and introduce a fairly new illness that more and more people seem to be experiencing. And she's overall a badass. So Diane, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to have you. I, I think that your story is so interesting because, and I'm going to let you tell it, but you come from a, a career of being a public speaker, right? And all of these things, right. and all of a sudden you couldn't, you couldn't swallow or eat and you had trouble speaking. So tell us what the heck happened. <laughs> So as you said, uh, about six years ago, I was actually speaking at a workshop for staff training. And all of a sudden, in the middle of it, I just couldn't swallow. And I had a sore throat that day. So I just kept thinking, maybe it's strep, maybe it's getting worse. It, you know, it was one of those speaking gigs you just couldn't cancel no matter what. So I, you know, I just kept going on with the rest of the uh, 
speaking of it. And as the night went on, I couldn't even swallow water. It was just starting to get really tough. And the, the work, the workshop that I was doing was about an hour away from my house. So I was getting really stressed out on the ride home because I'm trying to swallow and I'm choking on my own saliva. I'm just having such a tough time. And all of this comes out of nowhere. No symptoms before this hits you that day. Well, you know what? I had symptoms beforehand, but they didn't connect because okay. I had symptoms okay. for a few years where I had problems swallowing that I eliminated like shakes, um, smoothies. Gotcha if it was like melted like pizza, but I really had no idea that they were connected. I just thought I was having okay. problems swallowing because I spoke a lot and I got sore throats a lot. Okay. I just didn't, or it was allergies because you get really bad post-nasal drip with it. So mm-hmm. I didn't connect. And when I go to the doctor, they just kept saying to me, oh, must be allergies or you must have a sore throat, even though my strep test would come back negative, but they had no idea what it was. My throat was always bright red and I had so much post-nasal drip. That's what they would just diagnose me with. Mm. Until that night. So the next day I go to the doctor and I'm thinking it's strep or something. And he does a strep test and he's like, it's not strep again. He's like, but your throat is cherry red. He's like, you have so much post-nasal drip, but I have no fever and I don't feel sick. So I have no idea what's going on. They give me antibiotics. I'm trying to take them. I can barely swallow. It's not getting any better. So this goes on for about two weeks. I go to a different doctor. She tells me that she has no idea what it is, but she thinks it's strep too. No one can figure it out. It's two months later. I'm 28 pounds thinner. I've been to the hospital on and off. They have no idea. They just keep giving me IV. They send me to a gastrologist. He does an endoscopy and they do a you know, a few different tests, upper and lower GI, because they're assuming it's, it's acid, mm. but my esophagus is fine. I have no ulcer. I have no acid in my stomach. So now they're totally confused. So they kind of send me on my way and they're like, I don't know what it is, but yet I still can't swallow. Oh so gosh. I start going to other doctors. I start going to a neurologist who does all this nerve testing. And it ends up, I have all this nerve damage in my throat, in my neck area. So some reason between all the testing and my symptoms, he tells me I have ALS and that I'm dying from the garrets. And that's the beginning with Bell's palsy. And it would make sense because that's exactly what your symptoms felt like, especially because I'm a therapist who works with traumatic brain injury and stroke victims. So they have very similar situations. So I'm like, Oh my God, maybe I do have something like that. Maybe I had a stroke, but I didn't have a stroke. So I'm thinking that I'm dying of ALS. I'm still not swallowing, right? I'm going every week for IVs for liquids. And they're telling me, you know, in the next few days, if nothing changes, I have to get a feeding tube. So now I'm really scared and I'm doing all this research on the internet. And I find this new illness that is called laryngeal reflex or otherwise known as LPR for short. And I find the doctor who's in Manhattan, who's founded the illness. And I live in New Jersey, so I'm right outside okay. of New York City. And I call and make an appointment. She's $2,500 to walk in the door. That's how big wow. she is up in the Carnegie Hall area, but I'm desperate. So I go there and she's an ENT, which is the one thing I did not go to. I went to cardiologist, mm. neurologist, um, every allergy specialist. I ended up with not one allergy. I mean, everything they thought was not coming true. Neurologist, I mean, I went for three months worth of doctors and not swallowing. And at this point, I'm, I know you can't see me, but I'm almost five, seven and I am 102 pounds. Holy cow. And I mean, I'm sick. I have no energy. It's, I'm scared out of my mind. I have no idea what's going on. 
And I go to this lady and I said, it seems like I have every symptom of this. I don't know much about it, but this is what they're telling me I have. And she scopes me in a totally different way. They have to scope you up your nose into your throat because when they do it the other way, yeah, they scope you, you know, they put you to sleep for an endoscopy, but they throw, they scope you down your throat. So your throat, yeah, down your throat, but they miss your throat area. It checks your esophagus. So if your esophagus is clear and you don't have, you know, any symptoms of heartburn or GERD or an ulcer, they, they can't see it. And what happened is I ended up with third degree burns on my throat because as I'm swallowing all this food, whatever I'm eating is actually burning my throat. So instead of you getting GERD in your stomach, I'm actually getting it in my throat from eating the food. Plus as a speaker, because I am one, I teach college and mm-hmm. I also speak teaching workshops. So speaking is like 80% of my career. And then I have some clients, but by public speaking and projecting your voice full time for the last 10 years, that produces acid. So I had third degree burns in my throat and then your body tries to protect itself with all this post-nasal drip trying to heal it. So literally what I did is I burned my throat shut. So it wasn't that my swallow reflex wasn't working. Um, It wasn't that I, you know, had any damage that way. It's just, it was burned. And what happened is the burns changed my chemistry. So it's precancerous, just like Barrett's. If you've heard of Barrett's, that's the one in your esophagus. Mine's just in the throat. But your throat is even worse because it's even more fragile. It can't handle burns at all. So it's between the third degree burns in my throat and it changing the chemistry in my throat. It also caused a lot of nerve damage. So now I have nerve damage in my Mm -hmm. throat that I still, even though I'm healed pretty well, I still can't swallow certain foods because I've lost the feeling. I can't feel certain foods. So I still can't feel textures like a potato, a banana, a shake. A smoothie ice cream you can't feel I can't them. so like if I try to have ice cream when it's hard and let's say I put like sprinkles on it I can swallow it as soon as it melts I can't swallow it anymore I can't feel it so I choke on it kind of oh like a stroke victim they have like thickener for them except thickener doesn't work for me more I need crunchy textures like it's gonna sound okay. weird when people hear this but eating granola which is hard and crunchy is way easier than trying to eat something that's smooth like a baked potato that does seem counterintuitive does. to having burns in your It, it does, because everybody thinks yeah. ice cream would be soothing. And I can't, it caused a gag reflex, so I can't swallow something like wow. soup unless it's just broth. If you put food in it, then I choke because I can't swallow from both sides. I actually had to take speaking lessons that you do it under speech to relearn how to swallow again. Wow. So the doctor, you go to see this doctor and she says, yeah, you totally have Right, you problem. can see it on the screen when she scopes you, you can see it. And very few people even what knew this existed, which is why I had to go to this crazy expensive Yeah, yeah I mean, doctor. she founded the illness. Now, I mean, this is a little over six years ago, or actually it'll be six years in okay. October. I take that back. Okay. But now it's more popular. And the ENT I go to now who's local has over 500 clients who have what I have, oh. but not as, you know, they didn't get it as severe as I did because I must've had it. We realized in my 20s, I had a hard time swallowing because I smoked at the time cigarettes. Uh, And when I quit, I didn't have a problem smoking. Uh, smoking. (laughs) I didn't have any problems speaking. And then about 10, 11 years later, when I started speaking for a living, then it it came back again. But it's, it's a strange thing is no one ever knew what it was. So now people are getting it, but they're catching it the way they catch GERD. So if you catch it early, you're okay, just like Barrett's. But if you don't, then it turns into, and it's very similar if somebody has Barrett's, it's precancerous. There's no cure. I'm stuck with it for life. 
Um, when I go wow. to flare up, I have a hard time swallowing. I still sometimes have a hard time swallowing when I'm speaking. For me, when I'm speaking, whether it's teaching college or a workshop, I always have to have chamomile tea with me because chamomile tea reduces your burns and it's the only thing that keeps me swallowing. So even in the middle of the summer, I walk in with like chamomile tea and my students will be like, are you drinking so- that? <laughs> And that doesn't make you gag? No, if a liquid is on its own, I can. But if you put a liquid with solids, like a soup, like a chicken noodle, uh, then I can't do both. I can only swallow it like a one side at a time. I know okay, it's strange. Okay. So, so how, when you get this information, how does it instantly change things for you and it, make it so that you can you know, survive and also do your job. It really was tough because when I was in the midst of it, I actually lost my voice for about two months and that's from all the burns and I couldn't speak at all. And it was really tough. Thank God it happened during Christmas time because, you know, college is on break for a month and I don't really have much workshops. Mm -hmm. And by the time it started getting really busy in February, I was getting my voice back. Some people don't. A lot of people get my illness are teachers and singers and opera singers, Broadway stars, because they're always projecting their voice. And some people do have it, have lost their voice and taken longer to get back. For me, I just will have problems swallowing the rest of my life and my diet has to be alkaline. So I really, it, it's true to say this, it might sound funny, but a diabetic diet is, is better than mine. Like I can't, if I went over yeah. everything, like I can never have any sauce, any spicy. So that means no Italian, no Mexican, no Cajun. I can never wow. have alcohol. I can't have caffeine. I can't have any processed food, fried food. I can't have fruit except for honeydew, watermelon and cantaloupe because most fruit has acid in it. I can't have garlic, black pepper. I can't have peppers, onions forever. I mean, what can you have? <laughs> what do you eat? Really? That's one of the hardest things. I only live on water or chamomile tea. There's nothing. I can't have any caffeinated fizzy beverages ever again. Wow. So I live on water and chamomile tea. My diet consists of, I would say salad, but there's really not much salad dressings I can do because most of them are acidic. So it's very light salad dressing, if any. Um, I eat a lot of fish. Long, I can't have it fried, okay. but if it's baked or broiled or grilled, I can. But you can't really use anything spicy. So spices are very, very limited. Not supposed to have anything that's over five grams of fat because that weakens your LES. So, um, mm. And so what happens if you eat anything on the do not eat? So list? I had a coffee this week, which I'm not supposed to have, but I did. <laughs> and the next day I woke up and my throat was burning. Like I had burned my throat again. Like I had strep. That's what it feels like if it, um, okay. and I have a hard time swallowing. So I had the coffee in the morning. It was okay. By the afternoon I was having problems swallowing already. So just aggravates the illness yes. and. Okay, closes up your throat it just, more. It burns, burns instantly as I'm eating yeah. food. Unlike GERD, where it hits your stomach first, for me, as I'm swallowing it, it's actually burning. So if I'm having something wow. that's not good, and it's really hard. We have a certain diet to follow that's alkaline, but everybody's different. So like bananas are a safe food, except I can't swallow that texture, but somebody else right. can. But for some people, a banana actually hurts their throat. So it's, it's very strange. Huh. Like certain people have, you know, some little weird things that, don't work for them. Like for some reason, I am not allowed to have chocolate and I know chocolate weakens my LES and I shouldn't have it. But when I have chocolate, unless I have it every day or like a really just a piece of chocolate, but let's say I have like one Reese's peanut butter cup, it won't burn my throat at all. 
But if I keep doing okay. it, it will. But if I had a slice of pizza, I would be burned the way I have coffee. I would, I'd have problems wow. swallowing the next day. Okay. Well, so there are some things that calculated risks every once in a while you could have a, a you have treat. to live. I, you know, I mean, like it, yeah. it can't drink anymore, you know, uh, and yeah. it, so that freezes peanut butter cup every quarter or something. Yes, is like, <laughs> Right. I can't have coffee anymore. I mean, just think about like the first year, it took me over a year to be able to eat a meal. And the, when I started healing and I knew what it was, so I wasn't so stressed out and fearful thinking I was dying of a different illness. When, yeah, when that happened, I really started going through a grieving process because I knew my life would never be the same. I can't speak as much. So even like right now, I'm actually hiring somebody to take over my workshop because trying to speak three different workshops a day, I'll have no voice and I'll be in pain. Which, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask that, like, how, how have you readjusted your business to accommodate this? Right. Illness? I mean, I, I have to, I can't speak as much. And it really, what upset me the most is it's not enjoyable. It wasn't enjoyable for the first years to even go to parties or go to dinners or do anything social because either I was choking on food, which is even though nobody else felt this way, I was extremely embarrassed. And it wasn't that I was technically choking. I just couldn't feel the food or it was so burned. I was having problems getting it down, but it, it, you feel like you're choking in the same sense. Somebody else is with a right. bone. And I mean, you could choke literally, but you, you do choke on the food because you can't feel it from the nerve damage. And it was very embarrassing. And also it's not fun when you can't have a drink and not that I was, you know, not sure. that I need to drink every night, but you go to a party, you just want a glass of wine or a beer or something. And I can't do any of it. And restaurants for so many years was just off because there was nothing I could eat. It was like, if it wasn't American, there was nothing I could eat. Cause I can't eat. I can't go to an Italian restaurant. I can't go to a Mexican. I can't go to cage. I can't go to anything that's exotic because I can't eat the spices, anything. Right. And you don't know what's in it. So, so how do you bring, because you're right. Like so much of the joy we have in our life is the socialization that we have around food and cocktails right. and all of that. So how have you, because I imagine it was quite an adjustment period, but how have you brought that joy back into your life? You know what? Like, what do you do to replace it? With? I actually, what happened is because of this illness, it made me change my whole life. So now I eat completely different and I'm very healthy, which is the strange thing. What I learned is that when you get sick and you're forced to eat and take care of yourself in a different way, so you don't eat processed food, you don't eat fast food anymore. And you start meditating and, you know, doing everything that you need to do to heal. And then you get right. that lifestyle. Yeah. I don't really get sick at all anymore. Like I used to always think I was sick with a cold or, or allergies or throat, throat, but it was just this illness. So once I was able to heal that, I felt better in so many other ways. And I started really taking up exercise and meditation, and doing other things that really didn't involve food and alcohol and more into traveling and going to different classes and learning more. And between being healthier, which made me happier, and also just connecting with people on different levels now, it's really shifted my life. And now I look at it as a blessing. I, I would never wish it on anybody because not being able to swallow for a year is one of the scariest things that I could ever go through. Um, and I would never want to go mm -hmm. through it again. I it was it was one of the worst times of my life. But uh, yeah. now looking yeah. back in hindsight, six years later. Um, it really also helps me understand a lot of my clients who, because I work with traumatic brain injury, spinal injury, and I work mm -hmm, with clients mm -hmm. who have injuries and illnesses, 
um, as a therapist, it really made me relate to them because even though my illness might be different, just knowing what the suffering is, the changes, the grieving, because you're never going to be your old self and you can't live that old life anymore. It makes me more, as I said, empathetic with myself and others. It made me more compassionate and kind because I actually knew, and it's funny, I have a client who had a stroke and she's semi-paralyzed on her left side. And she would always say to me, she's like, oh, your illness is way worse. And I'm like, are you kidding? She's like, yeah, but I can eat whatever I want. Yeah. You know, she's like, I can have a yeah. tank if I want. It does make you relate better and it makes you really more understanding. Because as a therapist, mm-hmm. I mean, I went into being a therapist because I had a you know bad childhood. So I understood people on that aspect. But now I understand when people have injuries and illnesses and things out of their control, whether it's cancer, car accident, military, you start understanding how much we grieve over changes like that, you know, whether it's your voice or it's losing an arm or you're in a wheelchair, it's just, they all still make suffering, pain, scared, what's going to happen next and an identity shift. So it really did. Absolutely. Because what, you know, we talk about positive psych uh, as positive Mm. post-traumatic growth. And it's really true. You know, it's like taking that illness and sharing it with others and finding ways to cope that others can cope with as well. And it really has made a difference in my overall confidence levels too. It really did. Sure. Well, that's interesting uh, because one of the questions I always ask in the show is how you celebrate success. And to me, I imagine steps like that and learning to connect with your clients in a certain way and to readjust and to feel healthy, all of those, those feel like successes and, and how do you stop and honor and celebrate them? You know what they do feel like successes. And you know, the other ones are too, is a lot of times people come to me and go, you know, really tell me about the illness. And when I share with them some of the signs and symptoms, I've had so many people write me and go to an ENT and get scoped the right way. And they're like, do you know I have the beginnings of what you have? And I stopped it. And and wow. I had a friend, um, I have a friend whose son had it at three and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And he- At three, three years old? old? And she kept, and oh, it was very, really, you know, she was doing nothing wrong. She was feeding him all healthy food, you know, oranges, strawberries, blueberries, everything that's healthy. Sure. And he was yeah. throwing them up. He was burning. He always had a sore throat. He couldn't swallow. And I was like, I know he has what I have. And nobody could figure it out for years. And when I was able to tell her and she got checked, she's like, that's exactly what he had. And being able to help even those people who are not clients or students of mine in workshops is yeah. also great because no one needs to get it as bad as I do. You know, if we knew about this. 10 years ago, I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in. Right. So you had said it's incurable for you, but if they catch it early, is it quote unquote curable or preventable or stoppable? Anything you know like what? That? It, all acid illnesses like this that are severe, you know, Barrett's, all of them, the only real cure is diet. That's the thing. And living on the diet and to live on an okay. alkaline diet, hundred percent is so tough. And I don't yeah, think most people yeah. do. If you catch it in the very beginning I, and you go through it, the diet, the diet, and a lot of people take some acid meds as well, you definitely will heal it. And I think you could be okay. okay. But for anybody who's already had damage, then, you know, they're kind of stuck like me and I'm on my acid medicine. Okay. I have to be for life. And then you have the side effects of those things. But for me, I can't right, swallow right. if I don't take them. So I don't have an option, yeah. okay. but diet is it. You mentioned all of these things feel like successes to you. How do you honor that? How do you celebrate that? I don't think I celebrate it the way when you asked me, you made me think about it. I, I don't really celebrate it. And I should, I think at this mm. point, I'm just used to it. But in the beginning, I yeah. used to be like, I think I would really pat myself on the back and be like, you know, 
you're surviving this. Most people couldn't, yeah. you know, most people yeah. can't even, you know, stop their addiction, whether it's sugar or caffeine or smoking. And I mean, I quit smoking many, many years ago, but I felt very strong. And that's how I'd, I'd almost compliment myself and be like, wow, you know, you're a really strong person. That's a great way to celebrate. I, I think that I hope that you'll take a moment to to think about that after the interview, like that, that celebration, bringing that into our lives, taking a moment to say, this is really good. I worked hard on this, or I've survived this, or I'm sharing this, uh, whether, you know, however you do that, whether that be tell somebody or celebrate with them. Um, a lot of people on the show will say, I go out for a glass of champagne <laughs> or a really great meal. And clearly that's not your answer. Uh, I have a dance party to celebrate when something awesome happens. It's like, I turn on pinks, raise your glass and <laughs> dance it out. But I think there's so much to that because we move like, especially in this country, in the United States, we have a lot of listeners in, in other countries. I'd be curious, those of you that listen in other countries, send me an email and let me know if this is like this for you or not. But we move like locomotives. We move and we move and we move. And there's so little time to stop and celebrate and honor. And I think we need it. We need it to keep us from burning out. And it's just all too much if you don't ever take a moment. It's true. And we don't. And when you, you know, when you get an illness or injury, one of the things I incorporated is, is gratitude, which we know how important that is, you know, retrains your brain to go from, you know, negative to positive. It cultivates mindfulness, happiness, And that was one of the biggest Mm -hmm. tools I did. Even before I knew what my illness was, I learned to let go and accept truly so I could release the resistance. I added gratitude into my life. I added meditation into my life. And all of those positives really just have made me a better person overall. So we should all stop and celebrate the little victories or be grateful at least. Well, gratitude is a huge part of my life. We talk about that on the show a lot. Also, I, I think that a gratitude practice, well, there's actually science yes. behind it now, right? Positive it says psychology. it literally changes your your mental chemistry and your your body. And it's, it's crazy. So we are all about gratitude around mm-hmm. here. Um, I think that what you have accomplished and the fact that you're still successfully running your business, albeit a little bit differently and and here, and you sound great, and you're feeling great. Like that is remarkable. I can't imagine um, having somebody tell me I had like the, that feeling of like I'm gonna die, and then you and you get it, you get your life back, even though it's not really the way you wanted right. it. Um, that had to be something. It was. It was amazing because a few days after I got that diagnosis, I really worked on letting go and accepting. And I I was up for 24 hours crying and just thinking my life is over. And I was just about, you know, in my very early forties and I'm like, I have a daughter and I really was so upset. And I learned to truly let go and accept where I was today. And it just, you know, what that does is offer clarity. So you can make a decision based not on fear, but on love and, and good, you know, choice making. And then a few days later, I found out what it truly was. And it was a relief because, yes, I wasn't dying. But the only other thing was, and and I hate to say this for anybody who has an illness, but I'm one of those illnesses that's very incurable, but yet no one can see. And one of the doctors said to me along the way, he said, you know, cancer would have been an easier diagnosis for you. I would know what to do. He goes, no one knows what to do with you. Because there's no cure, it's such a new illness. And the problem is citric acid is in every ounce of every food is a preservative. So it's just going to get worse Mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. So everybody should be aware of it because if you're not eating pure and you're buying your food, check for citric acid because it's causing all the ulcers, the GERD, and um, people have problems breathing. My illness caused me swallowing, but some people have it the other way that they can't breathe because it, it literally is causing acid into your chest and your lungs. 
So, so people have it all yeah. over. Everybody check that yeah. out. Yeah. Pay attention to your symptoms, folks, and question. Don't just accept the easy answer if it doesn't feel right to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Diane, I've been delighted to have you on here. As we come to the close of the show, I get to ask you one of my favorite questions, which is what is your favorite charitable organization to support? Well, I am from the New York area, so I am big on two different charities for animals. I'm a big animal lover. So we have North Shore Animal League. So I'm from Long Island originally. And now over here, we have uh, Noah's Ark. So I, and best friends too in Utah. I, I try to give um, time, energy, all different, you know, donations as well as money to those organizations because I just want every animal to have a happy life. <laughs> I love that. So you guys, as always, I ask you to pay attention, right? Go check these organizations out. If you don't live in the same area as Diane, that's okay. Find your own local animal shelters and give what you can give, do what you can, raise awareness. We're trying to make a stronger community. One charitable organization at a time. Diane, would you share your three words with us one more time? So it's empathy, kindness, and compassion. Empathy, kindness, and compassion. They're great. And they, they, they resonate beautifully. You have to be so empathetic with yourself and with others to live with something like this. I think that that's great. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. It's, it's, Good to scary, but good to know that something like this is out there. If anybody's experiencing some of these symptoms and you can't quite get them treated and you're not sure why, uh, this is, you know, ask those questions and go find out. And I think what you're doing, the work that you're doing is wonderful, Diane. Thank you so much for being here and sharing it Thank with you us. so much for having me and for offering this show so people can have all this great information. So thank you. Yeah. You are so welcome. I love it. All right, you guys, that's it for today. This is Heather Vickery. I appreciate you being here on the journey with me, and I'm reminding you, as always, to choose bravely. The Brave Files is proudly supported by Audible. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you're sure to love listening to your favorite books on Audible. Get your free 30-day trial, complete with a credit for a free audiobook download today, simply by visiting audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles. Again, that's visiting audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles. The Brave Files is proudly supported by Lost Format Apparel, a socially conscious clothing company. You already know that homelessness is a huge problem. Over half a million Americans are living without shelter and millions more without consistent access to everyday basics. My friends at Lost Format know that solving homelessness is a much larger problem than any one company or person can solve on their own. It requires teamwork, sacrifice, strength, and building communities through personal and professional relationships. And isn't that exactly what the Brave Files podcast is all about? That's why I'm proud to say that The Brave Files has partnered with Lost Format, and together we're working to change the face of consumerism in addressing homelessness. You can now get one of two fantastic shirts custom designed specifically for The Brave Files. Each order goes towards providing necessities to the homeless. We have one shirt that, of course, says choose bravely, and another that reminds you that brave is always greater than fearless. Head on over to vickeryandco.com slash store to see both beautiful shirts and to check out the entire product line from Lost Format. All of their stuff is super soft and comfortable and has an amazing fit. Use promo code BRAVE 
to get 10% off of your Brave Files custom t-shirts. And if you have an order over $30, your shipping is free. I choose Bravely to take the plunge to help solve homelessness. Are you with me? Thank you for listening to The Brave Files. Be sure to visit thebravefilespodcast.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. Music composed and produced by Matt Lewis of Union Music, LLC. Special thanks to our editor and audio mix expert, Andrew Olson. I am eternally grateful for all that he does to make each week sound so fantastic. You can hear more of Andrew's work at findandrewolson.com.